Let's all now turn to Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, and it's a very, very, very short verse. And as you're looking that extremely long verse up, I'm just going to tell you how much I appreciate being in the house of the Lord at Christmas time, and I do. I really do. It sets things in perspective. A lot of people like to go set on Santa's lap at Christmas. I don't mind that. I, I always did it myself. But the fact of the matter is, is I, I personally like to be in the house of the Lord at Christmas time. I like to look at crib, the, the crib of Jesus, that is, the cradle. I look to, like to look at that. You know, it's okay if you want to sit at a, a fat man's lap. I don't have to go anywhere to do that. Uh, I, I have a fat man's lap in front of me all the time. But that being said, personally, when I look at a cradle, especially one that's right in front of a cross, the same color, thank you, David Turpin, uh, my cousin who made that, and he had no idea it was in the exact same color as our cross in that night. But when I look at that, it puts everything in perspective. It's beautiful, and I really appreciate it. That's what Christmas is really about. And it goes much further than just Christmas. It goes into our entire lives. So as we stand on the ring of God's word, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this very short and sweet and true. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. God bless and honor the ring of his word. You may be seated. Now, when I was a child, when I was a kid, as I start serving so very often with that, there's reasons for it. It was because we grow up. We grow up, thank God, for that. When I was a kid, the day after Christmas always brought something on called the Holiday Blues. And I don't mean that was a song, Blue, Blue, Blue Christmas. But I mean it brought the Holiday Blues because Christmas was over. And as a child, even though it's not necessarily good, a lot of times it had to do with presents. You know how it is as a kid. And you already opened up all the gifts, and that was done. All the gifts were done. The Oh, the paper was everywhere. You remember? Yeah, you remember. You just saw it yesterday, didn't you? The paper was everywhere. And I mean to tell you, I was always blue because of all the emotional excitement that came with Christmas. And it always was so great. All that emotional excitement, you know, families and everything. And. Oh, the emotional excitement, the build-up. It was built up so big, and it was all over. And there was always just a little bit of a depression that came with that, for me as a child, that is. But as that child grew up, I realized that the excitement wasn't really over. Now, as a child, there was also a cartoon I always watched, and I still watch it. I have to go on YouTube to find it, because it's hard to find the. They don't sell DVDs of it. And I had it on from TV, we taped it on, had it on video. But anyway, it was a cartoon called Raggedy Ann and Andy. Yeah, I know. Raggedy Ann and Andy. You think a grown man watching Raggedy Ann and Andy? Yeah, I do. But Raggedy Ann and Andy had a cartoon called The Christmas Caper. I know that sounds goofy, and it is, but it was uh, drawn by one of my all-time favorite animators. And oh, he animated so many great cartoons. This guy's name was Chuck Jones. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Chuck Jones, I bet you know him, and you don't even know you know him. If you've ever watched a, a, a Roadrunner cartoon, you've watched Chuck Jones. If you've ever watched a Pepe Le Pew, you've watched Chuck Jones. Or Speedy Gonzales, or many of these other greats. If you've ever seen the original uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, you watched Chuck Jones. Chuck Jones was one of the best. Now, he even appeared on the Gremlins movie. I mean, Chuck Jones was outstanding. Anyway, he made this cartoon that I love called Raggedy Ann and Andy's Christmas Caper. And in this cartoon, the big bad wolf showed up. I know. What's a Christmas show without the big bad wolf? But anyway, he showed up, 
And he had this thing uh, called, it was a great big machine that built something called Gloop Stick. And this Gloop Stick would cover up all Santa Claus's toys uh, with, with this clear uh, Gloop, they called it, this, this stuff that would make it to where your toys could not be touched, but you could have it forever, and that new feeling would stay with it, apparently. At least that's what he thought. Because, see, that's the thing that happens after Christmas. Once you get something, oh, it's nice when you receive it. But after a while, it's not new anymore. It starts to wear out. And the truth be told, that emotional feeling is what Christmas is about for young people, you know. It's uh, that you start to wear the new off of it. And the truth is, as a child watching this cartoon, I started thinking about that. That's right. The new starts wearing off of it. And that's what this cartoon told me, was that the, with the big bad wolf, he did make a point, was everything new starts to wear off after a while. And so he put gloop stick on everything, and after a while, he wanted everything uh, to stay new. However, of course, being the big bad wolf, he wanted it for a price. <laughs> and so, therefore, that's what people do a lot of times. They want that new feeling to always last. But it doesn't always last, does it? New doesn't last forever. That feeling of new doesn't last forever. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is uh, it's a feeling that people have so very often. When people get something, they want to have that new feeling forever. But the thing about Christmas a lot of times is, is, what they want is that emotion that we have at Christmas. They want that emotion. They want that great feeling of hope and happiness, peace, love, and joy. And with Christmas, that's why we like to get gifts, why we like to give gifts. We love that feeling of hope. And the truth be told, we have a greater gift that gives such great hope, a feeling of joy, a peace that will last forever. And you don't need gloop stick to get it. And that is the feeling of joy and hope that we get from Jesus Christ. And it can last forever and ever. We're going to talk about that with today's sermon, which is entitled, After Christmas Day. That's the title of today's sermon. Because hope lives. Hope lives. You don't have to try to cover it up, and it will not grow old. Hope lives. But sometimes people lose feeling of that hope. They just do. Jesus came. And the day after his birth, the excitement wasn't over. Even though as Christmas comes and goes and we start to lose that exciting feeling, especially after New Year's, we start to lose that exciting feeling and we're ready to take the tree down and get rid of it all because we, you know, it could be a pain with the decorations and all. But with Jesus, when he came, the excitement wasn't done. The excitement wasn't over. That beautiful baby was there. He was there. And by the way, that baby, even though we have him right up here in a cradle, in a manger he was, he didn't stay in the cradle forever. He didn't stay there. It seems like people sometimes forget that. They want to keep him in that gloop stick, if you will, in a manger. But we're not to keep the baby in a manger forever, in a cradle forever, and we're not to keep him up on a cross forever. People are always in their mind, in their emotions, if you will, gloop sticking Jesus in certain places. They're trying to keep him emotionally sticking in certain places, but we're not to do that. We're not to do that because the excitement of Jesus Christ being born only had just begun, and the people around had all heard that the baby was here because of those shepherds that went around telling the people that joy to the world had just begun, and everybody had heard of it. And when the Bible, when we go to the Bible, in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 21, we hear that the people had went around telling them everywhere, 
He had just spoken about how the people had told them everywhere that the joy had come into the world. And we're going to go into Luke chapter 2, verse 21 to, to verse 40, and hear about what the people had done next. Because we hear about the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And it says, when eight days have passed. Now, I like to think about what had happened for eight days. Now, folks, it's a week and a day after Christmas. Now, we know that we speak about a week after Christmas. We think of New Year's. We know about that. We know how we do things. But you think about this. For a whole week, they had that beautiful baby with them. A whole week, they had that beautiful baby with them. And what do they do in Jerusalem after eight days on the eighth day? They would go into the temple. And it came time for the baby to be circumcised. This baby boy would be circumcised and brought into the Lord. And not just that only, but they would also give a gift back unto the Lord God for the gift that they received. So very often we keep that baby stuck in a manger, stuck in a cradle, as if that's where he's at. But no, no, he kept on living. He kept on living. He wasn't stuck there. He kept going on. So it says this, when eight is verse 21 now of Luke 2, when eight days had passed and the child was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let me stop for a second here. You think about that. Now, I don't know what they did before the circumcision, but it seems like, because this is not the first time we hear this, is at the circumcision that the name was given. Is that the circumcision that did the same with John? They always wait until the circumcision that the boy's name is given to them. It's at the eight days that the baby's name is given and blessed to them. Usually, it seems that they give them the father's name to the boys. I'm talking. It's at that point. However, in this case, and also the case of John, it was the fact that the angels had given the names already. They don't give the names. The Lord God gave names to them already because they were called of the Lord God. Praise the Lord God for that. And so he was named Jesus or Yeshua. Yeshua. The name Jesus, as we call it, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the day of her purification, talking about Mary, when her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord because they did everything by the law by the ways that God had already made it to be. They did everything correct. Okay, it says this. Every firstborn male shall be called holy to the Lord. So they did everything right the way Moses had wrote it. He had written it. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord so they gave a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. A pair of turtle doves. So are you trying to tell me, are you trying to tell me, Pastor, that there's actually something biblical about two turtle doves? <laughs> yeah. Now, I won't go into a partridge in a pear tree. We're not going to get into all that or all the other things of 12 days of Christmas. But the, there are actually some meanings of some of that stuff. But in this case, two turtle doves is actually biblical. It's actually biblical. So, yes, they gave two turtle doves. Unto the Lord. This is part of a sacrifice giving. So, now to verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Simeon was there. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, remember what I said to you before. Any time before the death of Jesus, before the Holy Spirit came to the people, 
he would not go in them, but he came upon them. He would not go in them, but you have the Holy Spirit in you, Christian believers. The moment you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes within you. And how much is the Holy Spirit in you? That depends on how much you grow. That's not to say you don't have it. You do. But in your growth, the Spirit is more in you than others. Not because you're greater, but because you're growing. Now, this case, the Holy Spirit is upon, upon them. Now, listen what it says. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was upon him. It says in verse 1, it says, It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah, before he saw Jesus Christ, before he saw the Son of God in the flesh. Hallelujah. Can you imagine that? He was getting older, and God gave him a promise, gave him a promise, said to Simeon, you are going to see me in the flesh. You're going to see my son, me, before you, before you die. What a great promise. And Simeon, with the Holy Spirit upon him, looked out and saw God right there before him. Can you imagine how he saw that, how he knew? Because the Holy Spirit told him he knew that was God right there, saw that baby, just a baby, and knew. I, I can imagine. Oh, I love babies so much. But to look over and see the beautiful baby and knowing that that eight-day-old baby was the Lord God himself wrapped up and seeing that baby who just been through circumcision, I imagine that baby was sore. But he saw that that baby right there, that baby, that beautiful baby, was God himself. Can you imagine? The very Lord God who blessed you, created you, created the whole world that you're standing on right now, was right in front of you in baby form. Think about that. I could imagine wanting to hold that baby Oh, man, me being the goofy I am, I'd want to hold him, snuggle him, and kiss him right on the cheek. And I would want to hold him up high because this is my Lord, my Savior, my best friend. I love that baby. Folks, there's a doll in this manger. You may not be able to see him. Not the one I ordered that hasn't showed up yet, but I'll tell you this. This is a doll that represents baby Jesus. And there's times just looking at that doll, I start to get all caught up in my heart knowing what that little doll represents let alone the little baby doll, which is Jesus himself, that Simeon got to see. And Simeon says this about the Messiah. He looks at that baby. Look what he did now. Look what he did. Verse 27. Led by the Spirit, not led by emotion alone, led by the Spirit, this says in verse 27, he came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, being Simeon, believed him in his arms, excuse me, he received him, I mean, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. He was ready to go. Not out of depression. Not out of, I'm done, I don't want to be here. He said, I have done what you have allowed me to do. My life is complete. How wonderful. He have, he's lived out and done exactly what he's come here to do, to see the Lord God in the flesh. What a beautiful testimony he's not done yet. He says, he says, now your servant, depart. let your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people alike, 
revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Oh, what a testimony. He's saying it's not just for your people, the Jewish. It's for your people of all types. It's for the people of the white, the black, the Hispanic, of all sorts. It doesn't matter skin color. People care too much about this tone. It doesn't matter. It matters that the blood, the blood that can be washed white as snow from Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your skin tone is. It only matters if you're washed white. I'm not talking white like my skin. I'm talking white because you have all of your sin washed white as snow. People care too much about that. I'm not talking about not being proud of who you are. I'm talking about being proud of who Jesus Christ can make you to be. You can love all your family, and that's great, but folks, I love my family, and even more so, I love my family of Christ. I love every single one of my brothers and sisters of Christ. No matter what they look like, I know who it is I see inside of them, and I love them. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. But they're not perfect, Pastor. No, I know they're not. But Christ who lives with them is. Christ who lives within them is absolutely perfect. And he could take someone even like me and perfect me. Then he could do the same for you. You see, that's the thing. People look too much on the outside and not on the inside. Folks, Simeon wasn't perfect. But God said, I've got something for you. He can help us. You say, but yeah, but that person has some mistakes. That person messes up. That person sometimes gossips. That per- I know that's wrong. That person sometimes gets mad and says bad words. I know that's wrong. That person gets mad sometimes and, and allows his flesh to take over. I know that's wrong. But folks, let God take care of those things. That doesn't mean we justify it, but it does mean we can love them anyway. And let God take care of it. Quit pointing out all those things and say, Lord, help them. And that includes us. Believe it or not, we're not perfect either. That's why Jesus came. If we were perfect, we wouldn't have needed that baby to come, grow up and die on the cross and rise up from the dead. He's not in the cradle anymore. And he's not on the cross. And he's not in the grave either. He's not. I hope he's in you. I know he's in me. And with that being said, I'm moving on. He said... Listen to this now, verse 33. Joseph and his mother were amazed at those things which were spoken about him when Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, listen, this child is destined to cause the fall and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign which will be spoken against so that they, excuse me, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will be will pierce those excuse me will pierce through your own soul also and there was also a woman there whose name was Anna a prophetess a daughter of Phanuel the tribe of Asher she was of great age and had lived with her husband 7 years for her virginity from her virginity excuse me and she was a widow of about 8 84 years of 84 years of age who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayer night and day coming at the moment she gave uh, excuse me coming at that moment she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked 
for redemption of Jerusalem. Now listen, it doesn't say what she said. I know a lot of movies and cartoons and other things, they speak as if she said everything and Simeon said nothing. I don't know why they do that. Try to make women more powerful than that. I don't know. But the truth be told is, she did say a lot about the Lord. We just don't know what, because the Bible doesn't say. But she also loved the Lord God, and she spoke greatly about Jesus Christ. The fact of the matter is, is she loved him, and she knew of his coming, and she too was blessed of the Lord God. Both women and a woman and a man was blessed to be there for the sighting of the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of them were blessed. And it says this, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Grace of God was upon him. Folks, the Lord God, Jesus Christ, continued to live after Christmas Day. He continued to live. Because hope lives. Hope continues to live. It has nothing to do with the 25th of December. It continues to live. Oh, I love Christmas. I love the holiday. I love the new year, which we'll be talking about coming up. But here's the thing. Hope continues to live, and it needs to continue to live in us. We need to allow the hope of Jesus to live in us. We need to allow people to see the hope of Jesus Christ living within our souls. We need to allow people to see the hope of Jesus Christ coming out forth from our hearts. Just as they saw it in Simeon, just as they saw it in Anna, people saw the hope in the shepherds too. And later on, a couple years later, when they saw the wise men came, come, we saw that Herod, even the King Herod, saw that there was hope in those wise men. I can only imagine what those wise men said when they got back home. I can only imagine. Oh, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. Oh, we saw that boy. Now, I don't know that they said that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But the thought that these men and these women got to see Christ himself and all those who lived around him, we're to allow the people to see Christ living in us. You are just as important. Okay, so you didn't live then when he did, but you live now when he lives. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with you. He talks with you along the merry way. Folks, he lives in you. Oh, he does. We sometimes don't think about that, but he does. He lives today. Sometimes we think about Christmas, like, oh, man, I wish I could have been there to see him be born. And I do sometimes. I I uh, think like that because, you know, I'm sometimes a visual man. I'm an artist, uh, believe it or not. I'm a visual man. I think like that. But, folks, it's foolish of me to say I wish I was there when he was born. Because I'm more so there, not just when he was born, but I was there. I'm there now when he lives. Okay, not when he was here on the earth, but he lives in me. And he lives in you. He is alive. He's not dead. He lives in me. He lives in you. And if he doesn't live within you, that could change even this day. Christmas is more important for a Christian than the people who just lived amongst him. Do you understand? After Christmas Day, we don't have to quit celebrating because Jesus Christ was born. Because he did more than just be born. He lives. Hope lives. And now hope is Jesus Christ in us. It says in Psalm 119, uh, verse 114, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. We can put hope in the word of Jesus too. We can put hope in the Lord. 1 Peter 1.13 Therefore guard your minds, be sober. And hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So many times we put hope in other things. That, and I want to make sure that I'm not just speaking here. It's great to receive presents from our families and our friends. It really is. It's great to receive those things. I, I received so many wonderful things. I can't even begin to, to speak about it all. I received so many things. But you know what? What I love more than anything else is last night I was with my family. I love every one of them. They're all great folks. I was with my family, and, and uh, I could speak to my friends and all that online. That's a great thing. But you know what was even greater than just being with my family last night? Was knowing that every single one of them, God forbid, something was to happen to them. I know where they're going to go. I know where they're going. And I'm going to be with them forever. And you know what's great about it even, too? They're going to be with me in heaven. And all of my faults and annoying ways about me are going to be gone. I won't say anything about theirs because God knows they don't have any annoying ways about them, right? Just me. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says this, So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know, excuse me, may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. God has given you hope. So that you can share it with others. You know, one thing I, I love about a lot of folks is when they receive presents, they like to share it with other people, and that's wonderful. And you've received a wonderful present, a wonderful sense of hope and glory, and we should share it with others. My mama, when she receives uh, candy and other things, God bless her, she shares it with me, and I, I really appreciate that up until now that I'm on diet. I don't appreciate it anymore. But that being said, she... Uh, She's very good about sharing, as are all of you. A lot of times you bring stuff here, and I appreciate that to a point. <laughs> no, but in reality, that's so kind. The people, when we had our when we had our, our meals here, you know, I always love when everybody brings things to share, and, and that's so kind. You know, we know that we're to bring something for everyone, and they do, and I appreciate that. But we also are to have the excitement of Jesus Christ reigning in us. You know, it's always amazing to me when some Christians... Don't seem to have that excitement in them. I, I realize things get old. Uh, talking about the gifts and stuff we get, like we talked about a while ago. Um, I still have a lot of my stuff from my childhood. But it's funny how after a while that excitement wears out. That's not to be how it is with Jesus Christ. But sometimes we do. We're like, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. No, no, no. We're not to suddenly let it wear out to get old. It's not like an old pair of shoes where the soles wear out. Our soul is not to wear out, folks. Okay, so your shoes that you had in 1984, <laughs> they don't fit no more. I understand, folks. My feet got a smidge big. But let me tell you something. Those soles may be worn out, the old rubber and everything. However, the soul that you have inside you is not the same. It's not to wear out. And the excitement of it shouldn't wear out. So we get so used to this old, disgusting world, and we're paying attention to the people of it. We're not to do that. We're to pay attention to his word and remember the excitement of Jesus Christ. That we're going to go to heaven. We should be excited and share it with other people. And we should be the type of salespeople, by the way, I know we're not salesmen, but we should be, in a sense. We're not to be the kind of salespeople that go, oh boy, you're really going to want to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, we're to tell them about the great news of Jesus and let them see it in you. It says in Romans 5, 1 through 5, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so we rejoice in hope 
of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also boast in tribulation, knowing that that tribulation produces patience. Patience produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The point of all that is to say, no matter what we go through, no matter what hardship we suffer through, no matter what happens, Jesus Christ is with us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are the Lord. Other, other parts of the Lord, they are with us. No matter what we go through, the Lord is with us. And I know, I know when we're sick, I know when we're tired, I know when we're suffering. Sometimes it's hard to show the excitement of the Lord. But folks, shake off the tiredness, shake it off, and remember the excitement of God. I know it's the day after Christmas, and right now I can see it. My brothers and sisters of Christ, you have no idea. I didn't get to bed at midnight. You have no idea. I know, I know, I'm right there with you. Uh, the eggnog is still hitting me, folks. But let me tell you something. The heck with the eggnog. I'm done with the eggnog. I'm ready to put on the Holy Spirit and let it just shake all the eggnog off, okay? Let's just remember that Jesus Christ is with us. It doesn't matter if it's 26th of December. It doesn't matter if it's going to be the 1st of January or the 2nd or the 3rd. It doesn't matter the date. We have the excitement of Jesus Christ within us going through our veins, going through our spirit, and we let, need to let people see the excitement of Christ. It's so much more than what we can receive in a stocking. Romans 8, 24 says this, for we say we are saved through hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does a man still hope for what he sees? We receive so much more than what people see. We receive so much more. Well, I remember as a child wanting certain things for Christmas. You know how it is. You make a list. You don't even stop to think about what mom and dad and others can, can get you. You make a list that goes about a mile long, and why didn't Santa bring me this? And I don't understand. And well, you understand when you're older, but here's the thing. My hope is not in things. My hope is in Christ. And rather I receive uh, you know, the greatest things I ever wanted or a Tootsie Pop. Fact is, I'm a happy man on Christmas, no matter what. Because I feel the love of the Lord God. Emotionally, physically. Most important, spiritually. I'm so happy at Christmas. I didn't understand how my dad did that as a kid. How my dad could just feel happy. He could be getting nothing. And I didn't understand that. How he could just sit there with this smile from ear to ear. But the fact is, is he was so happy all the time. I didn't get that because he has something so much greater than something that was material. He had the Spirit of Christ within him. The Holy Spirit. Keep him lit up much brighter than a Christmas tree. And folks, that's how we're to be. Not be like my dad, but to be like Jesus Christ. He who st stayed lit up, even in his death. And we're not talking about, folks, we're not talking about the fact that Jesus Christ wasn't sad and wasn't in pain. He was in pain, but he knew there was so much greater going on than what was going on physically. He was fulfilling what needed to be fulfilled. And he did exactly that. It says in Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit with you. You have the power of the Lord God. You know, it's funny. I was talking about a while ago about things not aging through that crazy cartoon with the lipstick and all that. 
Things not aging. And it's that feeling that people want to have last forever and ever. You know what I mean. Well, you know, it's funny that when I was young, I received all sorts of toys and other things. I kept almost all of them. I really, I still got most of them. A lot of it, at least. And it's funny, through time, people now, a lot of people shop for antiques. Maybe you have a lot of things from your childhood. But a lot of people shop for antiques. They, they, they do it through stores. You've been to an antique store, probably. Or uh, they do it online. A lot of shopping online for antiques. Or they do it through garage sales. That's how my dad did a lot of it. Garage selling. People do it all the time. You might say, why? Why? These things can't be worth that much. Well, I got people all the time. That must be worth a lot of money. Well, no, they're not. Not really. I could get a lot of money for stuff I have, but it's really not worth a lot of money. It's sentiment. People love sentimental moments. That's what means a lot to people at Christmas Eve. It's that feeling of joy. It's sentiment. People have sentimental moments. You know, I collect a lot of things for reasons of sentiment. That's why it means a lot to me. The things I have, even in that office, probably not worth more than a, a buck or two. But to me, sentimentally, it's worth a ton of money. For me, it's worth way more than you could ever offer me. Because sentimentally, things that feel good in my heart will always feel good no matter what. Those sentimental things are great for memories and feelings of once that we once had. You know, what I like are things from my childhood and all that, collectibles, toys, whatever. For some people, it's plates, it's things that their grandmother gave them, it's things that they made when they were very young. Some people have clothes that way, books, shoes, Bibles, other things. I got my, my very first Bible, I showed you a week ago. These are things, sentimental reasons that people have, things like that. But the thing is, is we have another feeling, another feeling that goes far beyond that. That feeling is wonderful newness of life that Christ gave to us. Maybe you have that sentimental feeling about when you were first saved. And some people have that feeling when they were first saved that came to them. You remember that? That time you were very first saved, you became a brand new Christian, and you had that feeling that came over you. And you wanted that feeling to never go away. You wanted that feeling to stay that way. But folks, sometimes that newness feeling, which we'll talk about more as time goes on, but that newness of life feeling with Christ that's on you, you want it to stay that way. I wanted that newness of feeling to stay with me so much so that I mistakenly went forward again and again and again. I talked about it before. I went forward more than once trying to get re-saved, thinking that it was that newness feeling, that going back to the gloop stick thing, thinking that if I just stayed brand new feeling over and over again, I would stay new with Christ. Here's the thing. That doesn't do it. Going back to Christ and getting saved again, because you can't, stays new and that you're a Christian again and again. You can't do that. The truth be told, that's all emotional. That's an all emotional thing. That's a sentimental thing. In reality, you don't want to stay that way. You want to grow with the Lord. God doesn't want you to be a baby Christian forever. You know, even at Christmas time, and it's okay, people a lot of times will get gifts from like when they were young. They get things that reminds them of their childhood, reminds them of that, and that's okay. But the thing is, as a Christian, we shouldn't try to stay young. We're not to try to stay a baby Christian forever. We need to grow. We need to go forward in our, our childlike ways. We need to grow forward and become an adult. God doesn't want us to stay a baby. So when we see that manger that we have behind us and we keep Jesus Christ in there, we're not to do that. He did not stay a child forever. He grew up. We're not to keep him there, and we're not to keep us in a childlike form forever either. 
I mentioned the whole group stick thing for a reason earlier. Not just to remind you to tell you about some cartoon I learned. I'm to tell you about the fact that so many people, so many Christians, want to stay young and feeling young forever, but we're not to do that. Once Christmas is over, after Christmas Day, we are to move forward and not stay as a child at Christmas time and stay like Jesus, the people do with Jesus, in a manger forever. We're not to stay as a baby. We are to move forward and to grow with Christ and go forward with him. That is what we are to do. It says in Galatians 6, 8, it says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We're to go forward, not to go backwards, not to stay in, pardon this phrase because people misunderstand it, not to stay in a retarded state. We're not talking mentally retarded. We're talking spiritually retarded. People stay in a way where they don't grow. We're not to be that way. Christmas is over. Christmas is over. Where to move forward? 1 Peter 5.10 says this, But after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory through Christ Jesus, will restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Remember, we're to move forward. But you can, listen, if you don't feel the newness of life with Christ, that's on you. That's not on Jesus. It's on you. I've heard so many people say, I don't know what, what Jesus has done to me, but I just don't feel like a new Christian. I don't feel like a Christian anymore. Well, that's on you. If you don't have the newness of Christ, look, I realize life goes on. If you don't have that newness, it's on you. Because we can restore our life with Jesus every single day. Die to the flesh every day. It says in Colossians 1.27, To them God would make known that what is the glorious riches of his this mystery among the nations. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As I said before, Christmas is over. Christmas is over. But Jesus isn't over. Christmas is over. But Jesus isn't over. He's no longer in the manger, no longer in the cradle, no longer laying there. But Christ moves on. He didn't stay there forever. He didn't stay there in the trough forever. But we could still feed on him as he grew older. He started walking. He started talking. He started learning and then started teaching as a 12-year-old. He taught us all. We know that he was circumcised and lived a life as a child. We know that. Anna came to him. We saw that Simeon came to him, and we could come to him too. And he didn't stay a babe. He became a man, and he lived a life going out there and going many, many miracles to other people, and he didn't just do that alone. He walked on the water. He was baptized. He did all these wonderful things on the earth, and he died on the cross, but he didn't stay on the cross. He died and was put in the grave, but he didn't stay in the grave. He rose up again. For 40 days he went out and visited the people, but he didn't stay there. He rose up and went into heaven, but he won't stay in heaven. And he lives in you, and he will stay in you. But folks, the day will come when he will come again. And he will take us with him into heaven if he lives in you now. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't live within you now, that can be changed even now. That can be changed. Don't let this day pass until you say the prayer to Jesus Christ 
come in me and save me of my sins. You may say, but I know I'm not perfect, but I'm not a killer. I may not be perfect, but I'm not the worst guy on earth. Hey, folks, it doesn't matter for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And all need Jesus, and we need him now. Ask him in. Receive the greatest gift that has ever been received. It is not something you received in your stocking. It's something that you can receive in your soul right now. Say the prayer with me. Christmas is over and Jesus isn't. And right now you can receive that greatest gift. And it is not just asking him in your heart, but it's the life with Jesus. Because it could go on. It could be to take away your sin. It could be every single day as you start off and you say something you shouldn't say, whether it be a lie, whether it be a curse word, whether it be anger and hatred towards other people. Jesus could say, no, don't do that. You say, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. No, you shouldn't have, but guess what? It's okay. We forgive, but now we can move on, and we can go forward, and we can grow from it, and we can go on from it, and we can become different because we're not going to make excuses anymore. And Jesus Christ can help us with that, and we can go on from that, and we can live a life growing every day and becoming what Christ wants us to be, and we can do it and not make excuses from it. And every single day, there will be less of you and more of the Savior and this all happens not because of what was done on Christmas Day, but because of all the things that happened after Christmas Day. Hallelujah. That is why today we're speaking about what happened after Christmas Day. Too many times people are trying to stick loopstick on the things of this world, trying to stick it on baby Jesus, keep him on, in that cradle. Are they trying to stick that loopstick? I'm talking metaphorically on the cross and keep Jesus on it. Don't do that. I've seen churches do it. Don't do that. He didn't stay there. They're trying to take loop stick, that memory, that stuff around it, keeping it in one section in the grave. He didn't stay in the grave because if he did, we wouldn't be able to be saved. And he isn't going to stay in heaven. He will come back. He's in you now if you've asked him in. He saves. He leads. He guides. He's alive today. Is he alive in you? I pray and hope so. I pray and hope so. I am so blessed today because the greatest gift I ever received came was what God gave me. It came to me. I love him so very, very much. I love Jesus Christ. I don't deserve him whatsoever. We cannot keep him one place. If you know of people right now who are stuck in a state of mind, a stick state of mind, so to speak, I keep using that for a reason. Because sometimes people want to stick them in a frame, almost like you see in a museum. You know what I'm talking about. You see the animals all stuck in a frame. That's how they do. They stick them there. As if it's stuck in a museum and it will never go anywhere. Folks, that's not how Jesus is supposed to be. He's stuck in a frame. Loop sticking him in your heart and he doesn't go anywhere. He's supposed to grow! And live in you. And that's how we're supposed to be. It's after Christmas Day. But we're supposed to let Jesus live free in us. So that we're not controlling what we do. But Christ is. Let that happen today. Let it happen today. And as we close here today. We're going to close with Hebrews. Chapter 10 verse 23. Let us firmly hold the profession of our faith. Without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God bless you all. And know that 
once Christmas comes, it's not over. It's not over. The gift just keeps on giving because that's Jesus. After Christmas Day, he wasn't done. Once he was born, he lived, he lived, and he never quit living. Okay, for three days he was dead, but even then, he was alive and is alive now. And he will never go away as long as you have him in your heart. <laughs> He's there now. Don't forget it. That baby, beautiful baby, is still alive, but not a baby anymore. He's your Savior. Keep him with you continuously. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us close in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so very, very much for this day. And I pray, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we feel your presence today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we call out to you and we allow you to touch us, Lord. That we allow you, Lord God, this day, the day after Christmas. That we allow you, Lord, to lead us, to guide us, Lord. Allow your will to be upon our lives. Lord, I pray for all those right now who do not know you. I pray that will end this day. Lord, I want no harm upon any one of them. Lord, I, more importantly, I know you don't. Lord God, I pray that they will come to know you today. Lord, I rebuke the devil and what he's done upon this world. I know... So many people have been blinded to think that it's their wisdom that's going to lead them. Even many Christians. But Lord, I pray right now that they will realize they need to be following you, not ourselves. I pray that your love be felt. I pray, Lord God, that they follow your word. And I pray, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us to your means and to your way. In Jesus, holy, precious name.